You are tuned into another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Has J.J. Piccolo bought himself time with some of these moves? Is Jackson Coar somebody to look to in 2024? And this is the comical side, or one of the many comical sides, of the 2023 Royals. That's all coming up next on Lockdown Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, my name is Jack Johnson. You can always find me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J O H N Y J underscore one five and be sure to find all of these podcast episodes on wherever you get your own podcast that can be apple podcast spotify amazon music google podcast or really wherever you can also get us on youtube as well just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe if this is your first episode ever tuning in to locked on royals well this is a show that where we like to have a lot of fun we like to make light, uh, try to bring some enthusiasm, some optimism into a team that, let's just be quite honest, is unwatchable, right? And we try our best to do that. And, you know, I'm somebody that's always been a lifelong Royals fan. I've gotten into the sports industry. I work at Sports Radio 810 WHB up here in Kansas City. I've got morning shows on ESPN Kansas City. I've got a once a week night show on Sports Radio 810 WHB and fill in whenever I can. So, if you want to hear more than just Royals talk, I can get you covered over there. Uh, you can just find that on my Twitter page as well. Because, of course, everybody knows today is the home opener, the season opener for the NFL. I'm repping the Kansas City Chiefs myself. Uh, so as long as being, as well as being a diehard Royals fan, I am also a diehard Chiefs fan as well. So I am ecstatic as well as many people are here in Kansas City. And I would say around the world to be pumped that football is back. But just because football is back, doesn't mean I'm going to stop giving you content. I'm going to try to do that as best as I can in the final couple of weeks, trying to give you Monday through Friday. I know we didn't have an episode on Tuesday, but I'll have you covered. I'll have another one over the weekend because to close out the year, I'll always give you five episodes a week. And then this offseason, we will have just three episodes a week because, as we all know, the offseason can be a little bit slow. But I'll try to give you the best possible content out there when trying to figure out more on the Kansas City Royals and what they may be doing with this long off season. What I did want to do to open up the show today and looking ahead to the off season and why maybe JJ Piccolo and John Sherman for that matter have bought themselves some time. Now we know with John Sherman, his job is secure. He owns the team. Now JJ Piccolo, his job could be in jeopardy if John Sherman ever wanted to make a move and, and get him off that seat. And there are Royals fans out there that want JJ Piccolo moved uh, or tired of seeing a guy that's connected to Dayton Moore run this team. And there have been some moves. I'm not going to be naive in that. I am going to point out a lot of flaws with J.J. Piccolo. I think that with this last draft class, once again, they gambled pretty hard on their first pick when they didn't really need to. You know, you had somebody like Kyle Teal waiting for you. You could have had open arms, but you passed on him and with Blake Mitchell, a, a prep hitting catcher. I mean, the last prep hitting catcher to go top 10 and really thrive was Joe Maurer, and that was 20-plus years ago, it feels like. 
Uh, you have the Nicky Lopez trade. That made no sense to go get Taylor Hearn, who was abysmal in a Royals uniform. I just kind of felt like you traded Nicky Lopez to get Nicky Lopez out of here. But the two moves that can make you believe just a little bit in this front office and why I believe that J.J. Bacola has bought himself time, it's Cole Reagans and Nelson Velasquez. Now, I think Nelson Velasquez is more of a, a bonus at this point. I, I, as good as he's been, as thrilled as I've been to watch him play, and the fact you traded Jose Quas for him, that makes me feel really good. I mean, he's hit nine home runs in the last month. He's hit nine home runs as a member of the Royals. And his OPS is well over 950. I mean, last night was the most impressive of any home run he's hit as a Royal. That's a, a well-located ball by Tuki Toussaint, a 93 on the outside corner, and he crushed it 440 feet from home plate at 108 miles an hour. There is some serious strength and pop in that bat. Everybody knows it. I just don't know where the fit could be next year because he's not going to play center field. That's going to likely be Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell. He'd have to bump, you know, an MJ Melendez, which MJ has been great in the second half of the season, or he'd have to bump a Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell that moves to left field unless the Royals make a free agent signing or go after somebody in the offseason. But Cole Reagans alone bought J.J. Piccolo time because that whole process, as I've stated many times before, that whole process was an absolute win for Kansas City. You saw Roldis Chapman work out in the offseason. I'm going to get it right this time. A one-year deal, not a minor league deal, a one-year deal they signed Chapman to. And they flip him at the deadline, get Cole Reagans, and a, a throw-in, a lottery ticket. And a Roldis Chapman, who was very good for the Royals, never provided tremendous value for a team that was in last place. I mean, you don't need a closer on a team that's losing this much. You need talent. And Cole Reagans, even if Cole Reagans was just showing that, you know, he had capable stuff, I think it would have been a win because the oldest Chapman was 35, 36 years old. The best is really behind him. He's really revamped himself, but the Royals were never going to keep him long-term. And this to me was, wow, the Royals can do a lot more of this because in years past, the Royals would do these one-year deals with, with bullpen guys and never flip them for good talent. Not even talent that was worth considering for more than a couple months. Cole Reagans went from, well, let's see what he's got. He's pitching depth. He can get a chance to start in Kansas City, too. He's a number one. You can build around him in the rotation. And now Nelson Velasquez is starting to make me believe if that approach can just get better and better and better. And what I mean by that is I want that walk rate to go up because the walk rate goes up. He's already got the power. And the strikeout numbers are going to be there, unfortunately. That's my middle of the bat lineup. That's a guy I can count on next year. And he's under club control. He's cheap. And he's somebody I want to see in this lineup. Now, I think with Cole Reagans, his stuff seems very easy to translate into the next season. Not this stretch he's had, of course. That might be the best stretch he ever has in his career. Because there's been few pitchers in baseball who've ever had a stretch like this. But if he can maintain that consistency and the velocity and the stuff, you're not worried about Cole Reagans. Nelson Velasquez, I'm hoping it's not just a flash in the pan. I'm hoping it's not just you know, playing well on the team that's giving him opportunity because people are going to learn how to throw to him. He's not had a lot of longevity at the major league level, but the power is there. The raw power is absolutely there. He's not hitting wall scrapers. I mean, he is hitting absolute bombs. Now, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, a uh, swamp donkey. Uh, that was the funniest phrase I've ever heard for hitting a home run. 
and take credit for that one because that was absolutely hilarious. And to me, this is a guy that was another win for J.J. Cole. And even if Nelson Velasquez doesn't hit more than 20 home runs next year, but you know that WRC Plus is over 100, OPS can maybe be over 750 or 800, it's a win because was Jose Quas ever a part of your future? No. Which is why it's frustrating that you trade Jose Quas, you trade your oldest Chapman, you could have traded Carlos Hernandez at the right time and gotten even more talent, but you hang on to him, and now look where Carlos Hernandez is at. So there's still flaws in J.J. Vicola's process, but this to me shows that maybe, just maybe, the Royals can find some talent somewhere. You don't need to trade a Bobby Witt Jr. You don't need to trade a Michael Garcia. You can find talent in other organizations by signing somebody to a one-year deal or a two-year deal, have them play well for four months in Kansas City, and flip them. Now, I think Cole Reagans has given us a bit of a false reality that there's not going to be Cole Reagans everywhere. There can be good arms. And you're hoping that this translates to their drafting success, that when they're looking for certain talent and they're looking for arms, they're looking for bats, they're looking for things where Nelson Velasquez had the pure power, the raw power. The Royals tapped into that a little bit. Now we've seen nine home runs since joining the Royals in less than 25 games. Cole Reagans is throwing triple digits. He's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last month. They looked at the spin right there. If they can do that with their drafting department, they can do that in free agency, you will see a far more competitive team. Because there's a lot of guys out there on this team and this bullpen and this rotation that don't fit any of that narrative. And that, to me, is when I can really gain respect for J.J. Piccolo and believe in him fully. Right now, I'm, I'm trying to believe in him. I'm not there yet. But if you can cut that dead weight, the guys who never fit that that profile of what you're looking for in a pitcher or a hitter, then I can start to gain the respect if you can cut bait with that. If you can move on from that, then I've got a lot of respect and I can fully buy into what you're doing in this rebuild. Another guy that I'm starting to question if he can be a part of this rebuild and more specifically in the bullpen is Jackson Kowar. Am I buying into too much in such a little time? Or is there something there and has he fixed something? I'll tell you next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further in talking about Jackson Coar, Let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I've tried my best to prevent myself from buying in too much to small sample size, it's tough. When you've had a year like this, you're trying 
in every way, shape, and form to find reasons to believe some of these guys are going to be there in 2024. Now, I would take the stance that 60% of the players that have worn a Royals uniform in 2023 are not going to be back in 2024. And one guy I had already chalked up in that category and said move on from was Jackson Coar. Jackson Coar to me was always that anomaly. He was great in the minor leagues. He looked like a true frontline starter. I mean, what we're seeing from Cole Reagans, I thought we would have gotten the same from a right-handed pitcher in Jackson Coar. It just never you know, amounted to much. His story, his arc, felt like it had peaked in double A AA or triple A. And then once he got to the bigs, he has never put it together. And a big part of it is the lack of command. You know, and when he was forced to throw it down the middle, it was very hittable. I mean, he had one of the roughest major league debuts I had ever seen. Didn't make it out of the first inning. And then I don't believe made it out of the second inning in his next start against Oakland. And that was back in 2021. Next year or the year after that, there just wasn't much to go off of. Tried him in the bullpen, tried him in the rotation. Nothing there. And this year, I thought when he first came up, he looked pretty good. Something looked different. I think the arm slot had changed a little bit, but the velocity was about the same. And then I remember in that Baltimore series, he really got roughed up. And that's when I thought to myself, okay, I I bought into it. Now I look like an idiot, and I'm done trying to believe in Jackson Coar. And then he had that outing a couple of weeks ago in Oakland, walked the bases loaded. Carlos Hernandez had to bail him out. And I'm just, I'm getting frustrated at that point. If he can't throw strikes, don't put him out there. If he's not willing to throw strikes in front of 50 people at a baseball game, you can't expect him to pitch in the big time moments. But since then, his stuff has just looked better. His changeup has looked really good. That slider he worked with in the offseason has looked good. The fastball has more life to it. And this is what the Royals have to evaluate when looking at bullpen guys next year, you know, I'd like to believe that uh, you could go out there and sign seven guys. They're not going to, that's just not going to be uh, with their mindset. That's not going to be their mindset to go out in the off season and, and sign a bunch of guys to replace everybody in the bullpen. They're trying to find guys right now that you can plug into the bullpen because you don't want to go into the off season and make eight free agent signings for your bullpen. You don't want to do that. You don't want to spend money there because I've always said bullpen is an area you don't need to spend a lot of money. You can have oh, a, a two-year deal for a guy and maybe it's worth three and a half million a year, a two-year seven mil. Now you can do that for some stability, get a guy that you can count on to get three outs, but to build a really good bullpen, it comes through evaluating, it comes through scouting, it comes through fixing certain guys that have pure stuff. Like John McMillan, has pure stuff. He's somebody I plug into the, the, the bullpen next year. Steven Cruz has pure stuff, but it's not as lights out as John McMillan. No, he leaves the ball over the plate too much. His command is not as sharp as John McMillan since coming to the big leagues. He's been better in his last three outings, which the Royals have to look at somebody like Steven Cruz, kind of an awkward arm angle, throws triple digits. I mean, that's what you work with. And Jackson Kowar, if he can throw strikes, is an intriguing bullpen option. You got a guy that throws 97, 98, 
with a changeup like that, and he can locate it, that's somebody you give a chance to. Now, here's where I'm kind of conflicted. I bought into him once at the beginning of the year, and then he went through a bad stretch. And keep in mind, bullpen guys, when you're in a bullpen this bad, you know, it's easy to grab on to a player that's just had a couple of good outings because there's not been many relievers this year in the Royals bullpen that have given you a couple of good outings. But I don't know, maybe it's the the optimist in me looking at Jackson Coar, knowing that there's something there that makes me think he can find it in the bullpen. There's no harm in trying right now. I would like to see him, you know, down the road here instead of putting Carlos Hernandez out there for the ninth, give Jackson Coar the ninth. Let's see if he can do it. Put some of these guys in really high leverage spots, not just mop-up roles. And if they fail, if they drown in that spot, if they're thrown into the fire and they're burned alive, well, then you have your answer. They can't do it in a meaningless season. But right now, I kind of like the role they've been using him in. He hasn't walked many guys. I think in his last four or five outings, he's only walked one. Gotten about four or five strikeouts. This is the Jackson Coar I could hope to see. Going into spring training when when pitchers and catchers report in February. You know, if I can get that version of him, I think you've got a guy that can stay in that bullpen. Or at least somebody you can see in April and May. Because you know, I'd like to think a former first-round pick should have a longer career than this. I don't want to chalk him up as just another Royals first-round blunder. Now, I will say this you can make a very strong case that he's already a blunder because first-round starters that have a high profile like him shouldn't be pitching out of the bullpen and mop-up roles year three into their big league career. And kind of same thing with Brady Singer. You shouldn't be having this from your first-round pick. A lot of teams out there, their first-round picks are automatic hits. Those guys are frontline starters. Don't even have to worry about it. The Royals struggle to find talent and truly develop a starting pitcher. I want to say the last one they developed from start to finish was Zach Greinke. And that was 20-plus years ago, like we said with Joe Maurer. It's been a long time since they've done that, but now the reality is Jackson Coar is never going to be a frontline starter. His best chance in Kansas City is pitching well out of the bullpen. Having that stuff be ramped up a little bit, you know, has the, the secondary offering, can use a power slider, that's all something I want to see down the stretch here. I mean, the Royals broadcast talked about him a little bit in last night's game. But to me, this is a guy that if he finishes the year strong. Give him a look in spring training. Don't just write him off. He could be somebody that you build a bullpen around if he can increase that velocity even a little bit more and continue to improve that command. All right, that's enough the positive talk here that we've had today. I feel like... Even with the loss last night, the overall record, we're going to have to touch a little bit on the humorous side of this team. And I found myself just chuckling last night watching this sequence of events for the Kansas City Royals. I'll tell you about it next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And find us on all those podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. One thing last night, actually, I should probably say three things. That made me laugh really hard 
when watching this Royals team cough up a lead against an equally bad Chicago White Sox bunch. Now, the Royals won the series. Am I really going to expect them to sweep an opponent with Jordan Lyles on the mound? I'm not. But I did find myself chuckling a little bit when watching the, this sequence of events. And Jordan Lyles is pitching pretty well. Nelson Velasquez is homered. It's two to one. And I think every single Royals fan out there watched Jordan Lyles go out for the six and go, okay, it's probably going to be an implosion here. Uh, this is where Jordan Lyles gives up four or five runs and the Royals lose. Well, it wasn't four to five runs, but it was hilarious to me how quickly things flipped. And maybe I'm being insensitive here. Maybe some of you really don't find this funny. But this late in the season, and with Jordan Lyles on the bump, who I don't enjoy watching pitch at all, you know, I could just see it coming. I find it humorous. I laugh through the pain now with Jordan Lyles. But here he is out on the bump. He's already got one out. He's facing Luis Robert, who hits a ball, I swear to God, 240 miles an hour. Dented the padding in left field. Okay, so you narrowly escaped Luis Robert tying the game because that ball was maybe five to 10 feet shorter than it could have been. You know, he gets a little bit more elevation on that ball. That's breaking one of the seats in left field. Okay, so Luis Robert has a double. And then a few, or no, I can't even say a few batters later. It was the next batter. It was Andrew Vaughn and Jordan Lyles gets ahead of him in the count. And when have you ever felt confident about Jordan Lyles putting away a hitter? Never. You know, he's had his his good starts where he's gotten some swing and miss. You just, in that spot, runner in scoring position, even if it's somebody like Andrew Vaughn, you just don't feel good about it. And he leaves a change up, you know, a little bit too much on over the inside part of the plate. You know, he didn't leave it dead red. It was, for the most part, a somewhat well-located change up. And Andrew Vaughn just turned on it. Same exact pitch that Luis Robert crushed. Only this time, Andrew Vaughn got a little more elevation on the ball, and that dents one of the seats in left field. Oh, the Royals cover the lead. It's 3-2, to two, and then Jordan Lyles is pulled. And I'm sure Jordan Lyles is going, well, of course, that happens to me. And this year, you know, I'm feeling like I'm pitching pretty well, and then it was two batters. It took two batters for me to give up the lead. And then here comes Tucker Davidson, a waiver wire guy, which I'm not going to fault the Royals for giving Tucker Davidson a shot. I've been very vocal about trying to go out and get guys through the waiver wire, pick up guys that are in roster crunches, see what they got in the bullpen. But Tucker Davidson has never had impressive stuff. And the first batter he faces is Yuan Moncada. It took one pitch, and Yuan Moncada hits a ball 460 feet at 110 miles an hour, whatever it is. And I'm sitting there just laughing. That in three batters, the Royals went from 2-1 to one down to 4-2. to two. And it was just from slop that two guys were slinging in there. And you hope that next year there's not many sequences like that, but that just was the epitome of a Jordan Lyle start and the epitome of this damn bullpen. This bullpen has too many guys that just don't have major league stuff. You know, and to me, I can't complain too much when you've already won a series and you lose only six to four. It's not like the Royals gave up 11 runs in the ninth and lost. But that sequence to me was a bit comical. That three balls were all hit over 105 miles an hour, just tagged. You know, it's like you didn't even have time to catch your breath. I mean, the Royals had a latest of 6.30 before you could even grab another beer or sit down. It's four to two. 
And it was all first and second pitch, it felt like, at least with Tucker Davidson. I know Jordan Lyles worked the count against Luis Robert and Andrew Vaughn, but it all ended how we all should expect it to end with Jordan Lyles. Letting a ball fly over the yard. Just fly 200 feet over the fence. And he's rapidly approaching Daryl May now for the record in home runs given up in a single season. But overall, I mean, Jordan Lyles looked decent last night, but it's comical to me that that's how the start ended. And if you're going to pull Jordan Lyles that quickly after giving up the lead, just don't give him the sixth inning. I know Matt Cotrero is trying to give him some innings here. I know he's trying to save a bullpen, and that's kind of where I do defend Matt Quattrero a little bit. Jordan Lyles was pitching, and then it was Tucker Davidson. Do I really need to see Tucker Davidson to begin an inning? against Luis Robert? I don't. And there's not many guys in that bullpen right now I would feel comfortable going with. It used to be Carlos Hernandez. It ain't anymore. It used to be John McMillan. He's hurt. Uh, Taylor Clark, you know my opinions on Taylor Clark, and he gave up another run last night, despite getting the most swings and misses of any Royals pitcher. I think any pitcher in the game last night. Kind of impressive stuff, but he still gave up a run. There's nobody in that bullpen right now that is worth getting excited over. You know, I think this is telling you something. The youngest guy in that bullpen that might have an upside is Steven Cruz. And I think everybody's still scarred from that performance he had against Pittsburgh. Now he's been better in his last three outings. He hasn't allowed a run, but I understand it. If you're scarred by that first outing, why would you buy into a guy that got roughed up like that? Now maybe it was nerves. Maybe they shouldn't have put him in that moment, but it's an evaluation year. You got to see if he can do it. Everybody else in that bullpen, oof. I mean, Jackson Coar is one guy I've been a little bit more excited to see. So it sounds like I'm going back on what my second segment was all about. But Jackson Coar is somebody that is fun to watch. I enjoy watching, at least in this little four to five outing stretch of his. But man, I mean, Tucker Davidson is not fun to watch throw the ball. Taylor Clark is not fun to watch throw the ball. Carlos Hernandez has not been fun to watch throw the ball in the last two months. You know, John McMillan was kind of the guy that I was really excited to see. And now it's James MacArthur's going out there. You know, it's just doesn't do it for me. And last night, I think I was laughing more so to the pain than anything else. I was trying to, to find ways to just get through that game. I mean, I know a lot of us out there are excited for the NFL season. I'm still going to be bringing you content. I'm still going to be watching these Royals games. But I tweeted this out. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That it's just comical to watch every other Royals pitcher throw that's not named Cole Reagans. Cole Reagans should be starting on Sunday against Toronto. That's the next game I truly care about with the pitching staff. I don't care to see Zach Granke throw in Toronto. I don't care to see uh, an opener be used unless they call up somebody, which that would be kind of unfortunate for an Anthony Veneziano or Jonathan Bolin if they're called up to start against Toronto in that lineup at the Rogers Center. So you're probably going to see another opener. Alec Marsh is probably going to get a start. To me, I would save maybe a debut for one of those two guys I just mentioned for Brady Singer's next start and just a shelf Brady Singer for the rest of the year. Don't injure him or anything. His arm seems fatigued. Just give him rest. But Cole Reagans will start on Sunday. I mean, I, I got NFL football tonight, college football tomorrow, Saturday, and NFL football Sunday, Monday. The only Royals game I am truly ecstatic about is the next one Cole Reagan starts with. And I think that's how we all feel. It's every fifth day, you feel pretty good in turning on the TV. Every other start, kind of comical at this point. 
That's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And catch us on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Tomorrow, we're going to have our Mailbag Friday segment. So I'll try to get those questions out before the Chiefs game tonight because that's going to be all of my focus for the rest of the day. Until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.